Welcome back for episode 16 of Audacious K. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, A friend and special guest joins me for a candid conversation about what happens when life doesn't go as planned and how we redefine success after failure or going off course. I hope you enjoy it. So everyone, I am joined by my awesome guest, Bianca Gay. Um, Bianca is an attorney, blogger, and self-proclaimed nerd. You can check out her blog, Be The Nerd. That's B-E-E, thenerd.com, where she writes about life, pop culture, and social justice. You can also follow her on Twitter at B-J-G-E-S-Q. And Bianca's also delving into the podcast world, and she's trying out something new called Mock Trials and Tribulations. It focuses on issues facing lawyers in this hot-ass mess of a legal profession. So please make sure you check out Bianca's podcast and let's welcome Bianca to the show. Yay! Hey, What's up, Bianca? Hey. Thanks <laughs> How for you having doing? me. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm giggling like shit because I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. I have somebody <laughs> I know on the microphone. <laughs> so Everyone, um, Bianca and I know each other because we used to work together for, what was that, like six months, nine months? Yeah, about eight months or so. Okay. All right. So yeah, B- I mean, Bianca and I used to, at my last full-time job, um, uh, that's where I met Bianca. Um, we worked at a startup together and we always had really great conversation about, um, just life and, you know, our backgrounds. Um, and we spent a lot of time, I, I don't know if you'd agree, talking about um, just like success and failure and career choices and stuff like that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so today we kind of want to, you know, we're thinking we would have a conversation about um, what success has looked like or what we thought success was in the past, um, you know, how we gauge success now, you know, talk about failure and what that feels like and what that looks like and, um, and just see where the conversation goes. Right. So I, I guess I'll start off by, um, I, I know I've already introduced you, but can you tell the audience a little bit about what you do professionally? Like what's your thing? So I'm a lawyer. I primarily practice immigration and business law. So anything from people needing green cards, work cards, people that are being deported, things like that, helping people start businesses, manage their businesses. That's kind of my thing as far as um, law goes. Mm -hmm. All right. And so how did you get there? How long have you been doing this? How'd you get there? So I've been practicing law for a few years. I'm a new attorney. I've wanted to be a lawyer since I was 12, and um, I kind of just stuck with it. I didn't really have a backup plan. It was kind of lawyer or bust, so I kind of just stuck with it and just went to law school, graduated, and I've been at this for a few years. So we, I know, like you mentioned, the it was lawyer or bust, and you and I, we spent a lot of time talking about how growing up, you kind of... I don't know. You have this idea in your head of what you want to do. Right. So even when I was a kid, I remember I used to want to be Matlock and Perry Mason and stuff. I would sit around, watch those shows. And then I would think that I was going to go in court and grandstand and it was going to be all great. 
Um, and so early on, you can kind of formulate these ideas about what you want to be and what success looks like. So before your lawyer days, what did you, and I guess coming up, what did you, what did you want to be and what was your idea of success back then? So for me, I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. I was dead set on, I'm going to work for the UN. I'm going to be a human rights lawyer. I'm going to save the world. Um, I'm going to save all of the women and children in Haiti. I'm just going to be like Haitian superwoman. And that was pretty much it. That's what I thought um, I was going to do. And I figured as long as I was doing that, then that was success for me. I kind of had tunnel vision. That's all I wanted to do. Growing up, all I kept hearing my parents say was, you know, get an education, become somebody, do something like that's your ticket out of poverty and that's your ticket to success. So I kind of just had this vision in my mind that that's what I was going to do. And that was if I could do that, then that would be success for me. And then have you so you knew all this time you wanted to be a lawyer and then did you and then you got to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. What was it like when you first became a lawyer and then what have been the highs, what have been the lows since you sort of achieved this thing that all throughout your childhood and into your adulthood you wanted to do? So once I became a lawyer, it it hasn't been at all what I thought it was going to be. And part of that I've grown to realize is because I didn't really have a vision for what I thought being a lawyer was going to look like. I just had it in my mind, I'm going to be a lawyer, but I didn't really sit and think about, okay, like, so what does that actually mean? I'm going to be a lawyer, but what is my life going to look like? So when I, once I became a lawyer, it just wasn't at all what I, what I thought it was going to be. At minimum, I thought that I'd actually be able to get a job as a lawyer, but that wasn't, um, that wasn't the case at all for me. When things didn't work out the way you envisioned them, right? So you got to be a lawyer and then you're like, oh shit, this isn't going the way I planned. What did that feel like? Did it feel like failure? Did it feel like something else? It definitely felt like failure um, because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I had gone through so much in law school. Like law school was the worst three years of my life. I struggled Like, um, I struggled so much in law school academically for a little bit my first year, which I guess everybody does their first year, but I struggled academically, emotionally, like I went through some things in law school. So to go through everything that I went through and then to finally get my law license, which I felt was going to be like my golden ticket, it would finally open up doors and at least guarantee me employment. It wasn't even doing that. So The fact that I'd gone through all this stuff, spent all this money on this expensive ass degree, and I still couldn't even get a job. Like I was so frustrated and angry and just like, just felt defeated. I guess, how are you at a point where you're like, okay, now I realize that that isn't what success is. Do you still like, what, how has your idea of success changed? I guess is what I'm asking, considering that you it what the path that you ended up taking is so drastically different from what you thought you wanted to do. So I I guess for me, success changed in that instead of focusing on like success is doing one thing a certain way, success now to me 
means that I get to do what I want to do and I'm happy at it, that I'm not doing something just because I have to, like it's something that I actually genuinely enjoy doing. So I don't really look at it as like, if I never practice law again and I do something else that I love just as much, I won't see that as a failure anymore. Whereas before I looked at it as if I'm doing anything but practicing law, then I'm a failure. This is the heart of what I wanted us to really talk about today is what it's like to redefine success after you have failed. I don't think I ever formed an idea. I don't think I ever, uh, uh, an idea of success as it relates to a specific uh, profession calcified for me. I never felt like, okay, yep, I have to do these kinds of jobs um, and that's going to equal success. But I get the sense that that's how most people define success in their lives, right? It's a big part of it is professional. And it's like, okay, I need to be the head accountant somewhere, or Mm -hmm. I need to be the director of digital marketing, or I need to, like, whatever the hell it is, they are tying their idea of success to um, you know, a profession. And then a lot of times too, it comes and then attached to that is, and I need to be married by a certain age and I need to have 2.5 kids by a certain age. Um, did, so have you, did you ever struggle with any of those aspects of success? So not just the trying something out and it didn't turn out the way you wanted, but did you ever run into an issue where it was like you built an idea in your head of what success would look like in your life? And then you gradually realize, you know what? I don't even need all that, or I don't even really want that. Yeah. Um, in my twenties, I was hell bent on I'm going to get married by the time I'm 24 and have my first kid at like 26. Wow, (laughs) Bianca, wait a second. Wait a second. 24 and 26? Yep. And that was mostly based on that's when my parents got married and, you know, my parents had me at 26. So Mm. I kind of had that like family unit, I guess, um, goal in my head from when I was younger. And so, but I'm so glad that didn't work out because if I were to marry who I was with when I was 24, I would have been divorced already by now. So it worked out for the best. But I used to have this idea of like, I'm going to have a couple kids in my 20s and that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I always thought that I would become a lawyer before I turned like 25 or 26. And that's actually, I don't think I started law school until I was like 25 or 26. So in my 20s, I had a few ideas of, I need to do X, Y, Z before this age, or I need to have all this stuff done before I turn 30, which I clearly didn't do. But now I kind of don't really look at that. I don't really have those like time restraints anymore. Like I don't really feel like I need to be married by like 35, have my kids by 40. I'm kind of like, it happens when it happens. Mm -hmm. I, I think I can relate to that a little bit. I don't know that I ever really had a traditional approach to relationships, but when it came to the marriage and kids thing, it was something that I thought I wanted. And it a big part of it was because my parents weren't married. Um, they were 19 and 20 when they had me. My childhood was really tumultuous. And then at a certain point, my dad got remarried and then he had 
um, you know, they had my sister and I just saw how different her childhood was compared to mine. It made me envious and jealous and all this kind of stuff. Even though I was like a grown ass person, I was like 21 when she was born, but I was still jealous of an infant. But when we talk about success, that looked like a successful family to me. Like, okay, my dad and stepmom were married and then um, they did all this nice stuff for my sister and she was a baby and she wasn't living in the hood and, you know, she wasn't whatever. And she, you know, just, she didn't see a lot of the things I saw. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, that's what success like, it looks like when it comes you know, to having a family. And then my stepmom is a software engineer. And with my dad being a lawyer, they had these professions and all that. And it didn't take until like much later that I realized that, okay, them two being married was not what made that situation successful. And I'm not going to discount their marriage or anything. It's, I'm sure it's important to them, but that wasn't the thing. And so why am I babbling like this and where am I going with it? I guess it's because I relate to what you're saying in terms of like you see these images of maybe your parents are doing something or somebody else that you admire is doing something and you just think, okay, well, that that's successful and that's what I want to do too. And then it either doesn't happen for you or it happens and then you're like, this shit sucks. Yeah, I mean, I still... I mean, I still want to get married and have kids eventually, but I'm not, like, sitting here, like, counting down the clock and, you know, like, going to freeze my eggs tomorrow. I mean, it happens when it happens, although I do have some friends who are freaking out because it's like, well, I'm almost 40 and I'm not married and I need to have kids, and I'm kind of just, like, chill. I mean, the one thing that I've learned the past few years of just life is that you can't stress over things you can't control. So I try not to really like stress over stuff that it doesn't matter what I do is going to happen. No, it's going to happen anyway. Right. Well, and then I'll tell you, like you mentioned, you know, friends that stress about it and they're like, Oh shit, I'm approaching 40. So I have friends like that too, where, you know, for them success is being married. It is having, you know, two, three kids. It is having a nice house in a nice suburb and, you know, the husband and wife or the wife and wife having, um, you know, really good jobs, you know, with great titles and stuff like that. It is. And then because it's not happening for them, they're spiraling out of, they're, they're spiraling. They're like really, really going through it and they're having anxiety and all kinds of other issues. And, like, I can remember someone very dear and close to me. When I was a teenager, she might have been the same age I think I am now. And I remember how much pressure she put on herself to get married. And I vividly remember, like, there would be days in the house where she would randomly be walking around, like, saying to herself, I got to find a husband. I got to find a husband. I got to find a husband. It was like this intensity. And it was like, and I I was, and and I, (laughs) yeah, it was, it, and it was, and I might, like I said, I might have been 14, 15 when this was happening. And it was such an intensity. It was such an intensity. And I have never, you know, seen someone be that dead set on, you know, finding 
finding a spouse. And then this um person never went on to be married, never went on to have children. And I've always wondered, but never really asked, you know, were you ever able to get over that within your spirit? You know what I'm saying? Like, were you able to get past that idea of like what a successful life was going to look like in your head where you were going to have, you know, a handsome man with a great career and y'all were going to have kids and you already had one of the names picked out and y'all were going to have a great house. Like, do you ever get some, go, get over something like that? Yeah, that's pretty deep. Um, I yeah. think what ends up happening is a lot of times we end up putting, like we place success on external things. Like, and it's always things that, like, like you mentioned earlier, people that are like, you know, I have to have this title. Like my success means that I'm in this profession and I'm director of whatever. And I have this salary or whatever. Like that's an external thing that you can't control. You can achieve that. Like you can get that title and get that salary. And then what happens when like next week you get laid off? Like, are you going to feel like a failure now because you just lost something that you didn't necessarily have any control over? That's a really good point because I like the point about what happens when success is based on external things and not things that you have way more control over. Because I would say even the flip side of what you just said is what happens when you get whatever it is you think, you know, you want and you fucking hate it and you're miserable and you're dying inside yeah. and your and your soul is just shriveling up and it's shriveling up and dying because i can tell you that that is the part of failure that i know i don't know because like i said because i never really pursued sort of like an ambitious career i i i can't say that i know what failure what what failure feels like when it comes to okay I wanted to be an astrophysicist and I couldn't do it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get there I don't know what that feels like but I'll tell you what I do know of something about failure to be true to sort of what kind of life you want to be living and what your values are that is the kind of failure that I know intimately. And, you know, without getting into too much detail, as you know, that was one of the things I experienced a lot at that place. We worked at together. I, yeah, it was like, I, it wasn't so much that I felt like, um, okay, wow. My career is a failure because I went and took this job and I took a chance on it and blah, blah, blah. I felt like I had failed because I had given up so many of the things that mattered to me most. Things like peace of mind, things like being able to go and have dinner with friends after work, like being able to drop by my nephew's house and just give him and hug on him for five minutes, right? Like being able to enjoy the new home that I damn near had a nervous breakdown, you know, to get. I didn't, I didn't, that is what made me feel like I had failed is that I had spent so much time doing something because it had a great looking facade and because I kept on trying to believe in the potential of it, even though I think in my spirit, I knew it was not going to serve me and my life well. And that's the kind of failure that I know a lot about. All right. 
And in a way, that's the worst kind of failure because you can't get that time back. And granted, you don't, you never know until you're in a situation and you try it out. Like, so you can't really, and that's the thing, because you have to experience certain things to know whether or not you like them. You talked about the difference between the, the, the external forces and the internal forces. When it comes to peace of mind, I think that those are things that you have a lot more control over. And so, like in my case, if you're going into a situation and you know how much you value family time and friend time and travel and all these other things, taking a job that is pretty much not going to allow you to do that is going to set you up for failure when it comes to li- living the life you you want to live. And that's something you do, or at least in my case, I felt like I do have more control over something like that. Whereas, like you said, if if my success is entirely based on, you know, well, I want to be the executive director of XYZ or I, I, like whatever, that is dependent on so many other things, whereas peace of mind, I, I feel like I have a lot more control over that. All right. And at least for me, success isn't so much of like, I need to have this job or I need to have this title. Success for me means like, can I do what I want every day? Like, can I wake up and go to a yoga class at eight or can I just take a break and go to an island for a weekend and relax or something like success for me now means can I do the things that I really want to do and not have to do things just because I got bills to pay or because it's going to make somebody else happy. And that's kind of, I think my idea of success um, now, and I think it's been this way for a long time, but I just kind of got off track temporarily, but I, my idea of success is really tied to um, feeling free. And like, I know yeah. that freedom is relative. Look, we all got to pay bills. You know, that's not going anywhere. I'm not independently wealthy. So I, you know, I'm, I'm always going to have some kind of attachment to, to, to whatever. But my sense of success is feeling like I'm not beholden to anyone so like no, no person or no thing. And if I want to, I could say fuck it all and go live in a cardboard box. And I say that kind of facetiously, but also quite seriously, because like my idea of success is, is having so much peace of mind and getting to a point where I will literally walk away from it all if that's what I feel like I need to do to be free. So it's one of those things where I guess we kind of go, we go through some, we, you know, we start off early on in our adulthood with these ideas about, well, this is what I want to be when I grow up. And, you know, I want to be in somebody's boardroom and I want to be the next Johnny Cochran and I want to be whatever. And then life happens and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or, you know what, that, that is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be or whatever. And I think the really good thing about maturity and being lucky enough, um, you know, to, to get wiser is that we realize what we can change, what our ideas of success are, and we don't really need to be prisoners to it at all. 
we can shed that and we can decide that, you know what? Yeah, that's what I thought I wanted my life to be. And now I want to go be the cashier at Walgreens because ain't nobody going to bother me. And I know what my schedule is going to be and whatever. And that's it. And I think all of those are perfectly valid. And it's great when people can get to that point where they can decide that those types of options are valid for them. And they're not stuck to whatever image they have in their head of what success is supposed to look like. Right. Cause you like, you really don't know what you want to do until you're actually doing it. So like, I hate that we tell kids in college, like pick a major cause this is what you're going to do when you graduate. And this is what you're going to do forever because we have a degree in political science or whatever, but maybe you decide that you don't want to do this anymore. Like it's okay to change your mind. Like you don't have to just stick it out. If you're miserable doing something and you're sticking to it only because that's what your degree is in, like you owe it to yourself to make yourself happy. If, this isn't making you happy anymore, then get out of it. Like there's nothing that says that because you chose this path, you have to stick to it. Like you can try different things. And I, and I all, and, and to add on to that, I hate the fact that people don't seem to get messages about success, meaning you're not a piece of shit person either. You know what I mean? Like that's important too, because you go to school and it's like, yeah, you need to know what you want to be. And if you want to be a scientist, well, you better get A's in science and you better do good in math and you better do whatever. But nobody ever really encourages, it does, at least when I was going to school, they didn't really encourage you to think about what is it that you like? Do you like to be around people? Do you want to be alone in solitude? Do you, like, what is it that gives you joy what is it that makes you feel what is it that makes you feel um like valued when you know to to other people what are those things and then what are some things that you could do around that it's rarely based around what I think are the the attributes that have a lot more to do with success it's always based around again you know a profession a career a job um or a certain type of family structure it's not really based on what are your values you know what type of person do you want to be in this world i totally agree i think everything should be based on your values and what works for you because there's no like one size fits all for everybody, like different. I mean, everybody's different. Like, it's not just like, okay, well, everybody who's interested in this has to do this or whatever. And also just cause you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something just cause you're, maybe you're really good at numbers, but the jobs out there that require, you know, working with numbers don't really suit you. Cause maybe they're mostly for people that are introverts and you're an extrovert. So your personality wouldn't fit. Or something like that. Yeah, you preaching to the choir because um, I'm always seeming to be good at shit that I don't enjoy doing and awful at Mm -hmm. things that I really want to be doing. Like if... Like I even like, okay. And one job, like I've had so many jobs where I've had to interact with, for lack of a better term, the general public. And the thing is, it makes me mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. And yes, I can practice. Yes, I can step outside of my comfort zone. But it takes a lot for me to have those conversations. And people just think I'm amazing at so it and I'm natural at it. at it, but I'm not. <laughs> You're saying when you when you say just because somebody's good at it doesn't mean that they should do it. 
I am good at getting out here and socializing and all kinds of other things. And I fucking hate it. I would rather be sitting in my goddamn house on Twitter with some rum in my hand, you know, laying in my bed with my electric blanket than to be out here interacting with all these people. Um, so then I guess just to sort of like talk about this a little bit, what do you think it means when somebody is really good at something that they hate doing? Should they try to be successful in those areas because they're good at them, even if it doesn't bring them joy? That's a hard question. Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. Well, e- mm-hmm. Go ahead. Cause I'm, I'm just, at least in this stage in my life, I'm not really interested in doing things that I don't like. So I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a hard right. question. And you might be okay with like, let's say you've got your practice. You might hate bookkeeping, but you would be, you, I bet you might be okay with doing that because it's larger. It's part of a larger thing that you like, right? It's a blip. It's not all of what you're doing. You're not going to, you know, try to be successful, you know, be bookkeeper of the year. It's But when you, but, and that's the thing, like, I see lots of people doing that. I see them building entire lives around things that don't give them joy, building lives around things that they hate doing, and they're good at doing them. And I don't know that that's a good, um, I don't know that that's a good way to go about it either. And I don't, like, I don't think that I should stay away from things that give me discomfort. I I'm, I, I have no problem with um, pushing myself, getting a little dirty and uncomfortable, and I'm really big on personal growth. But when I sort of, you know, rethink what success means for me, it means being honest about um, what, being honest about what things give me joy and what things make me feel like I'm making a real contribution, something that I'm okay with. And a lot of times those aren't the things that people are necessarily like used to me doing or things that I've had an opportunity to do successfully, you know, or whatever. So, so then I guess just to wrap up the conversation, I wonder like given all that you've been through over the last couple of years and the highs and the lows and the different roads you've taken to get where you are now, what is success going to look like for you five years from now, 10 years from now? Wow, I, I don't really think too far out anymore. I used to be able to think like way past like a couple years down. I can't really do that anymore. Um, I mean, success for me five to 10 years from now would be I'm still alive. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, uh, I would hope to still be here. Um, I don't know. Success five years from now, I hope that I'm just doing something that I love and actually able to make a living out of it. Cause there's a lot of things that I really want to do in life, but, um, they wouldn't really be profitable and Sally Mae ain't trying to let me prosper. So, um, oh, girl, Sally Mae. <laughs> yeah. So, can prosper um, out here. Yeah. So I can't pay Sally Mae on passion alone. <laughs> so, Five to 10 years out, I hope to be doing something that I love, that brings me joy. I hope to be living the life that I really want to be living, which is why I'm working so hard now to make that happen. 
well, I'm wishing you success on that. And I think I'm trying to success for me five, 10 years from now. Cause damn, in five years I'll be 40. And then in 10 years I'll be 50. So I guess I got to get my shit together. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, in 10 years, would I be, t- no, in t- I would be 45 in 10 years. I can't count. This is why I should have tried harder in school. But I, um, I guess success for me would look something like if I decide that I want to just pack up my house and sell my car and go live in the goddamn hills of Jamaica or whatever and not have a job and not have a care in the world like that would that for me is what success is going to look like. And that seems a little bit lofty probably because you know it costs a lot of money to be able to get to a point where you can do something like that. But I think yeah. 5 10 years from now, I want to I want to I guess success looks like getting out of this rat race. And feeling like I have to constantly run myself down um, just to demonstrate that I'm out here doing something, just to demonstrate, you know, that I am successful. So, yeah, success for me looks like leaving that life behind and 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 moving to a into a life of leisure and peace of mind and just calm. Yeah, that's pretty much what I want, too. I want to be able to say, like, hey, I want to go away for a weekend, and I can, and I don't have to worry about if I do this, what won't get paid. Like, I could just get up and go. That's, that's girl, we, we need to figure out how we're going to make that happen. All right, well, I think that's it for today, unless you have any parting words or anything you want to say. You just, you know, don't beat yourself up too much when life doesn't go the way it's supposed to or the way you think it's supposed to go. Life goes the way it's supposed to happen, so just go with the flow. Well, thanks for joining me, Bianca. And for all of you out there listening, please don't forget to check out Bianca's website, be the nerd.com. Thanks for talking with me.